0: The 15th chapter of Luke is sometimes described as the Bible's lost and found department. In verse 1, the word sinners designated the people of the street whom the Pharisees looked down on with contempt because they did not know the law or keep the traditions of the elders. The Pharisees grumbled because they did not share Jesus' heart for reclaiming lost individuals. In response, Jesus tells them three parables one being the parable of the prodigal son, to show that God rejoices over the recovery of even one lost sinner. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Okay, we're skipping some verses here, but it's the story about how the son took off and uh, got himself in trouble. And then in verse 17, it continues. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the gospel of the Lord. So we are in this season of Lent, which is the time that we we talk about Taking the opportunity to reflect a little bit more on our lives and kind of where they are, uh, but where they are specifically in our relationship to God. And we want to see that and, and hopefully identify some areas in our lives that, that maybe we, we need to get closer to God or that we need to ask God to help us deal with in our lives. So that's the whole purpose of the season. It's about repentance which is that turning around, which is turning our face back toward God, getting our focus back on God in places in our lives where maybe our focus has kind of gotten away from it. And so it's about turning around, returning to God. And so sometimes we think, though, what does that actually look like in our lives, and what does it mean, and what do we do, and what does it, feel like and what's it supposed to feel like in our lives well that story that we just read uh, from the gospel kind of gives us an example of what that ought to be it's called the story of what the prodigal son and the the main focus when we tell that story most of the time it's been on that young son He seems to be the center of the story, and it's about what he did and about the little journey that he took. And so we see this young son who's uh, obviously rebellious and wants his freedom, okay? You ever been there? Were you there when you were a teenager and you wanted to get out of the house? Yeah, okay, or you've got one like that or had one like that, you know, it's the course of things that's the way things are so here's this son he wants to get out he wants his freedom but that costs money (laughs) and well he knew he had some inheritance coming but that would mean his father had to be dead so he goes to his father and essentially says i wish you were dead give me my money so the father gives him his money he takes off He hightails it out of town. He's probably got, maybe took a few servants with him. He maybe went and bought himself a horse or a camel or something, and he takes off. He's got money now, and he goes off to another land and goes out there with all this money. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, and he lives high on the hog until eventually he's living with the hogs, which for a young Jewish boy is the worst thing that can happen. No offense to any hogs that might be here, okay? But, yeah, (laughs) okay. Sorry about that one. But anyway, but there he is, you know, he's there with the kind of hogs that wallow in the mud and eating with them, and he's got nothing. And all of a sudden, he comes to his senses, and he says, I'm going to see if I can go home. And so he heads home and we know how the story goes. But I think when Jesus told that parable, I think he was not as, as interested in talking about the sons as he was about the father. And I like to call that parable the parable of the waiting father. Because that's really the center of the whole thing. It's about the father. So imagine when the son comes to him and the father says that, how hurt he is, you know, but he loves his son, so he kind of lets him have his own way and go, and he watches his son head off over the horizon, but after that, however long the son was gone, whether it was months or years or whatever it was, I'll guarantee you that when that father, going about his daily business, probably every day would look off in that direction, just hoping that he might see his son come back up over the horizon. And then one day he sees it. And so how does he react? Does he figure, all right, well, you know, what am I going to say when he gets here? I'm going to, you know, he'll he'll be here in a little bit. What am I going to say? No, he didn't do that. He went out to greet his son he ran out to greet his son. And what did he say? Well, it doesn't, it's a story, but it doesn't, there's no indication that he said, well, it's about time you came to your senses. Or, I told you so. No, it's none of that. He ran up to him. He hugged him and he kissed him. If he said anything, it was, I'm really glad you're home. Oh, you don't have any shoes. Let me get some shoes on your feet. Let me put a good, piece, some good clothes on you. Let me put the family ring back on your finger. You look famished. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. He just welcomed him home. And so they go back, and then the celebration begins. What an amazing story. What an amazing father. Well, Lent is kind of about God waiting for us. Because you and I have probably all been something like that young son at some point. I know I have. And I dare say you have too. And it may have been a period in your life when your focus wasn't on God, when you returned a different way than looking at God. Or it may have been a day in your life. Or it may have been a few hours in a day. But we've all been there where we have been focused on something, usually ourselves, but something other than God. when we have been turned away from God. But God wants us to come back. He invites us to come back. If you look through the Minor Prophets... In the Old Testament, you'll hear it over and over and over again about how God longs for our return and wants us back. Just one example is from Joel, where he says, Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And God longs for us to return. He anxiously waits, looking over at the horizon to see, are we going to turn around? Are we going to come back? And what is it that makes him wait so eagerly for us? Is it because he wants to tell us, I told you so? Is it because he wants to tell us, you never should have gone off, is it because he wants to punish us? Is it because he wants to bring to us that sentence of death that we really deserve? You know, when that son in the parable, when the son returned to his father by law, he should have been put to death. That was the law. So is that why God eagerly waits for us to come back after we mess up and go off someplace? No. He waits with grace and compassion for us. But why does he do that? It's because of what Christ did. Because we've been reconciled to God. The relationships with God's been restored because of what Christ did. Christ laid the groundwork For that new relationship. By paying that penalty. By hearing the I told you so's. By carrying the weight of our guilt on himself. When he went to the cross. And then suffering the penalty. That ultimate penalty for us running away. He suffered the penalty which was death. And once that was done. Then. God can stand there knowing that he he doesn't need to bring any judgment against us if we're in Christ. God stands there with his arms wide open and says, come on back. I'm waiting for you because I care about you. And then God reconciles us to him. Okay, the problem wasn't with him, it was with us. So he reconciles us to him and as the one lesson said today, not counting our sins against us. They just don't count anymore because of what Christ did. And it's a whole new relationship. It's not like the relationship when the father saw, his, saw the backside of his son as he heads over the horizon and seeing his own reflection in the son's rearview mirror. It's not like that. It's like when the son comes back full in the face. That kind of relationship and that kind of openness and that kind of acceptance. And as he comes back, the father, if there was any anger, and certainly there was hurt, none of that is there. It's all joy and rejoicing. And you can see that in the way that waiting father ran Out to his son. Well we have a running God too. That when we turn toward him. Then he runs to us. He runs to us. And he puts his arms around us. And he says. You look famished. Let me feed you. Let me clothe you. Let me give you the ring that says. You're part of my family again. That's how it is with us. And so, whether we are or have been at a time in our lives where we were focused on something besides God, or whether we have those times of the day that we do that, God is always there that when we realize and turn our focus back to Him, He's there saying, Welcome back. Welcome back. And then Paul tells us now that we are Christ's ambassadors. That God is making his appeal through us. Well, what appeal is that? Well, it's the same thing as Joel said. It's an appeal to the world to come back to me, to return to me. Because I am gracious and compassionate. That's the message that we bring. And God uses us to bring that same message and that same thing that we have experienced in our own lives to share that with other people out there who have turned away, who are not focused on God or who are going through a period in their lives where they're not focused. We are the ambassadors. We are the ones that share that message. And so what should we do then? We stand up. We stand up for in support of that running God, and we sing His praises and we share His glory and His message of love with everybody that we can. Standing up for a running God. And so now I'm going to invite you to stand up as we sing those praises in the next hymn that we're going to sing.